When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, like you said, last year we started with five shows. This year we've got 19 shows, listeners, across the season of SANFL. So fantastic. Today we've got Jade Sheedy. I'm sure everyone who's listening is really excited to listen to what he's got to say for the third year. Uh, obviously back-to-back and there's some talk that uh, pot- potential third. Who knows? We'll talk to the great man. Also, we've got head coach of the women's team, Narelle Smith. Uh, the season uh, is well on its way. I think we're seven games in, so Norell will give us some insight on um, the season so far. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Coach Jade Sheedy. Welcome to the show, Sheeds. Goody, Pally. How are we, boys? Yeah, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming on the show today. No, anytime. Sheeds, we'll get straight into it. Obviously, uh, you've got congratulations from me, but from behalf of everyone, congratulations on the back-to-back premierships. Um no doubt you've reviewed it closely um, and, you know, watched it over and over. Um, what's your biggest take out of that game? You know, is, is that obviously the celebration, but n- now we build on uh, next year or this season coming up? Yeah, I think it's just great belief, isn't it, Pally? Like, I think we've tried to build a style that, I guess, will hold up and try and build a, a mindset and a, and a toughness around the footy club, I suppose, that will hold up in, in big games. And it's a hard thing to, I guess, try and um, forecast what it's going to look like until you actually win or lose. But I think the players now, you know, they've they've done some of the biggest pre-seasons I've seen um, players do. Like we really, I think my first year, we really tested them mentally and tried to build, build that resilience. And, and now off, you know, and then comes success. So then the players... You know, believe it, and then they drive it, and um, it's just gone from strength to strength. And the pl- the players do the work. Like, yeah, we put together a program, but at the end of the day, you know, you're talking about kids and that have to work, and then front up to footy training three, four times a week. So, yeah, they're the ones that deserve the medals and the accolades. And um, yeah, lucky enough to have a good bunch of boys. Sheeds going into the grand final. Of course, we had a great win, or great two wins. The first one against the Red Legs, really hard for contested footy. Took a bit out of the boys. And we had to back up a week later against the Bays and we just got over the line in what was a great win. But going into the GF, did you sense we were ready? Were you confident? What was the feeling going into the grand final with the team? Yeah, I felt our timing was good. And, and once again, you know, I think we built at the right time. And, and as a coach, you try and do that. But... Um, it's a hard thing to plan. I think sometimes it's just a bit of luck with getting players right, getting everyone back at the right time. You know, everyone's in form. So there are things that sometimes you can't control, but you you know, you hear people talk about we built at the right time. I'm still unsure as to what that is. Sometimes I think it's just, it's luck. And it happened for us last year. You know, we, I think our last 13 games, we won 12. We were 12 from 13. And we felt like we had a really good hit out um, against uh, Round 17, which is a really finals-type game. Sturt were, were up and about. I think they'd won four or five on the trot. We played them at only oval. It was really a contested, real contested game, and the boys come out on top by 10 points. And then, yeah, like you said, with Norwood, Norwood was a really good 
kid out and they're a really good one-on-one side and they, they tested us really physical. And we, you know, full credit to them, they brought their A game and I thought we were off a bit that day, but it showed, um, I guess, some of the talent that we had and the will to win that we got over the line. And then, obviously, we, we fronted up against Glenelg, who, you know, as Brett Hand said, they were probably trending a little bit the other way. You know, they'd lost to Port. Uh, their form probably wasn't good late, so... Lucky enough to win that. But I think out of that, I think it was the second semi we played Glenelg. And I think out of that game, Hoodie, we just took a lot of good learnings. Even though we won, we, we felt our matchups probably weren't right. And, you know, we reviewed it. Glenelg come back in that last quarter really heavily. So we spent a lot of time watching that. Where do we get it wrong? How can we do that better next time? And, yeah, and then come grand final day, I think all the stars aligned. And it was it was a pretty complete performance by the boys. Sheed, two-part question. Obviously, um, the start of the game is really a uh, strong quarter from, from the Eagles and uh, hard fought. Um, the second quarter, I think, uh, personally, that was the catalyst of where the game was won. I think our uh, defensive structure was outstanding. But um, going into half time, how confident were you? And then second part of the question, when did you know it was over? Yeah, well, I think the first part, mate. I think, yeah, I think our, I think in the first quarter, Glenelg were on top of the game really early, um, and they had a lot more inside fifties. I thought our backs held up really strongly, um, and then we got on top and you know threw some brilliance really from Dan and Troy Menzel in our forward half. We went in five goals to two up, and it probably didn't feel that way. I suppose if you're coaching and, and you're watching the game, you. You know, I thought we had the best of our opportunities, but yet they didn't have theirs and we defended really strongly. And then, yeah, I guess we knew they were going to make a run. And I think, like you said, it was a catalyst that second. Once again, had some really good opportunities to score and couldn't score. And I think I could slowly start to feel the momentum swing. And then obviously you get in the rooms with the boys at half time, and they're up and about and, you know, they're feeling really strong out on the ground and, and they can feel the tide turn a little bit as well in their favour and, and then that third quarter was probably much like the second quarter in the 2020 grand final, I suppose. We, you know, the boys put the foot down early in that first 10 minutes and, and put some good scoreboard. So you start to sort of think, you know, hold our structures defensively and keep attacking. But your mind does, you know, probably late in that third quarter, your mind does start to switch to, oh, maybe we can win it again. But as you know, you never really switch off and it wasn't until the final siren when obviously... Um, yeah, that we knew that we'd won it. But, yeah, I felt that first half, like you said, really set up the game. It certainly makes the walk down the stairways to the oval a little bit easier when you look at the scoreboard sheets, doesn't it, when you're, you know, you're uh, seven or eight goals up? Yeah, well, we waited a bit more this time. Hoodie, I got <laughs> yeah. a, bit, a few knockers last year. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm blaming Chris and Rosemary. Uh, no, actually, I'm blaming Colin Davison, our timekeeper in the box, because... It was the longest fight. I said, how long left in, in 2020 when we played North? And he said, oh, we've only got about five minutes. And I said to the coaches, come on, let's go. And then we were down there for 15 minutes. So yeah. poor old Cole got a bit of an earwhack in that day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we we waited till the death knock uh, <laughs> against Glenelg and, you know, made sure it was the last couple of minutes. And then, yeah, it's, it's, it is a great feeling. It's great for the supporters. Yeah, it's just... When you know you've won that game and you make that walk down to greet the players and the support staff and all the volunteers that help us and you high-fiving the supporters on the way down, you know, not being arrogant, but I think it's just a good environment and it's a really good feeling when you're heading down to the Oval, that's for sure. 
I must admit, watching the game, I mean, in footy's a, an incredible game, and you really, as you say, you really don't know that you've got it until, you know, obviously five minutes and you're, the score is well out of reach. And I thought the third quarter when we kicked the first couple of goals, I, I, I felt a, confident and, I, and you could just see that the momentum really did shift uh, in, that, in that first ten minutes. You know, that probably broke Glenelg a little bit, I, I feel. Uh, did you see it that way as well? And at three quarter time, what was the, the general feeling? I guess when uh, you know going into the uh, huddle. Yeah, we went in with a pretty clear plan around how to how to try and defend them. There, you know, they were number one in offense. They're a highly talented side, and if you allow them to move the ball, they can really hurt you. And I think, I think once again, it was our defense that, that stood up. And and I think you know you talked about that third quarter. I remember Joey Sign or Smother, I think it was yeah, in the third great. quarter, and just little things like that. Like the boys just never gave in. You know. Um, irrespective of what the scoreboard was. I think Glenelg could kick two goals at that point. And, you know, yes, it's a grand final, but we've got blokes smothering footies from a metre away. And, yeah, it just brought a lot of energy. And I think our energy just come off the back of how well we wanted to defend and, and how well we wanted to negate um, Glenelg's scoring. And I think if you can get that part of the game right, then you can obviously test the opposition going the other way and see if they want to defend as hard as you. And if, if they don't, you can put some scoreboard pressure on. It's been a great two two years, or you know, James Chedge winning the first McGarry Medal for the football club, back to back premierships. We could talk about the Glenelg and the North Adelaide, you know, grand finals all day. But you, geez, you must be really excited and and so pleased to see you know Jack Hayes debut for St Kilda a couple of weeks ago, and then have another good game, and also you know Tyson Stengel uh, with his game at Geelong, you know. Let us know or, or tell us how excited that makes you and, and, and I guess how pleased you are for those guys. Yeah, no, very pleased, Hoodie. I think it's a great part of your footy journey. And, you know, I guess someone like myself probably cops a few too many accolades at times around these players and, you know, they get drafted. But really, I mean, it's their junior coaches from day one and it's the, the Darren Hands and the Shane Reardons and, you know, their local coaches back in the country and that that, you know, do all the work. It's a collective um, to get the kids to where they are. I'm just lucky enough to get them at the at a at a good age when they really understand the game. But I think importantly, all them people you talked about um, really put in the work. Like especially like Jack Hayes and James Cheetahs hardly missed a session. You know, Jack was James, a personal trainer, would get up early, would be late to bed that night. You know, he'd work before training. Yeah, at four o'clock running clients he'd work at 6am he'd have another job delivering during the day then he'd come to footy training Jack Hayes is you know doing retaining walls and, and concreting during the day and, and not missing sessions and not making excuses and I think they're the type of characters that you need at your footy club it's a, it's a brutal game and SANFL is especially brutal in the fact that the players have to work 40 hours a week and then you know we ask them to train four times a week and Really, it's hats off to the players for the work they do, and you know, no one deserves more accolades than James and Jack in my time. Just the way they've drove training standards and, and individually tried to get better each year, and, and both of them, you know, their dream could have been over three years ago, but they never gave in and they kept going. And you know, hopefully now they're on a list for a long time and can have a bit of fun at AFL level. Yeah, I think um, Sheeds, it's a bit of a byproduct of success too. I think it's uh, once you see your club um, having that success, you often see players um, 
head up to the AFL system. You, you see a lot of feedback. Uh, some other clubs can see it as a negative um, that we see these players, especially you talk about Jack and, and James who have gone um, real late in the season. As a club, how, how do you perceive that um, that success for those guys and how, how do you see it as, you know, are you encouraging our players to, to, to live for those dreams? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we've got a good philosophy at the club, Powley, and you know, no one knows better than you is that we embrace it. I think you have to embrace it. And, you know, I think you always put yourself in the kids' shoes and, you know, if you're the parent of them kids. And I think sometimes as a footy club, they can get it wrong because they look at themselves, you know, as the coach in my record or as the club's record or we're on, you know, we're destined to win three in a row and it's going to hurt our chances. And, yeah, they're all little factors, I get that, but the most important thing is we want the individual to do well, whether it's working their nine-to-five job and getting promotions or whether it's living an AFL dream and, you know, realising that. Like, I think one thing that our footy club does really well is that we provide that opportunity and we support them. And, um, yeah, I think embrace is the key word. And, and, and I think it also, on the back end of that, it gives us the opportunity. Our footy club's had eight. Uh, mature age drafted in the last two years. You know, eight in two years, kids over 22 years of age. It's a pretty amazing stat. And that's, you know, that's not me. That's that's the kids and that's the work that our volunteers do and our footy club does. And, and I think if you get that right, yeah, players will leave. But if you create the environment, if they come off a list, they will come back. Or if they got friends that are on a list or they know someone that's on a list and they talk about how good the Eagles culture is and the, the um, you know, and the way we embrace the fact that when they leave and I think all them things come back around and, and a good stories in the end. You know, we ended up getting Dylan Clark off Essendon's list late, even though we lost James and Jack, um, you know, through Kobe much and, and really talking to Dylan, he was quite impressed with our you know, our mature age is getting drafted and Dylan's highly motivated to get back on a list. So all these things help when you're recruiting as well. So, yeah, what comes around goes around, I believe. Sheeds, we're going to have to take a break. We'd love you to, to stick around for another few minutes. Powley will take a break. But it's all thanks to BC and CJ Electrical, supporters of your local electrical needs and great supporters of Woodville West Tines for now 10 years. Let's get into the second quarter, guys. Yeah, Hoodie, I think we've uh, we've gone over last year well enough and uh, celebrated that quite well. But I think it's about time we get into season 22 and um, obviously have a chat to Sheeds about the new players at the club and the season night with this week against the Roosters on Saturday uh, twilight time. We'll get to get the lights out uh, this week. So we're really looking forward to that. So, but um, Jade, um, let's start with pre-season. Uh, how's it been? Um, obviously... COVID's been floating around here and there. Um, have you found it difficult? And um, who's probably been the standout uh, over the over the journey? Yes, yeah, I guess like any club, mate, it's had its challenges with um, players, you know, being close contacts and and being um, struck down with COVID itself. So yeah, like like any other club, we've probably had our fair share of that. I think pre-season this year was a little bit different. Um, obviously finishing so late and playing in the grand final um, that was staged was staged in three different um, or in three different stages, I guess, in the fact that we would, we brought back our under-18s first and then the players that played in the reserve prelim final would come back a week later and then our league players 
couldn't come back till about seven days. I think they did seven days prior to Christmas. So it was a bit of a late start. Um, and then we were fortunate enough for the footy club to go um, to the NT to play um, uh, their representative side in Darwin, which was a fantastic opportunity. So we had to, first and foremost, obviously get the kids up to speed that had come up from the under-18 program. There was 18 of them. Um, and we'd had a little bit of list turnover and, and then secondly, we had to get ready for the game in Darwin. So we could only take, obviously, um, one squad to Darwin. Both men and women went up and it was a great trip. So it looked a little bit different as, as to how we planned that. But I think once we got back from Darwin, that month of February was a really tough month. And you know, we covered a lot of kilometres. It was probably the toughest month we've done since um, being at the footy club. And we really wanted to get ourselves in good condition and and really um, set the standard, or the training standard for what we believe an SANFL club should look like. And the boys really embraced that. And, and off the back of that, we did our last time trial and the boys were running PBs. And so we feel like we're in really good shape um, to, to attack this week. And, you know, I've got a lot of fit players, which is good. And But in terms of standouts over the pre-season, there's been a few. We've seen Luke Beacon, I think, take his game to a new level and, and his running times to a new level. Kai Pudney's... Obviously, Kai Pudney, he's been exceptional, ran a 5.55, 2K again. Um, Riley Knights looked really strong over the pre-season. I think Riley obviously come to us last year and he hurt his foot during the year and, or his ankle and um, had some issues with that. And he's really tough, Riley. He kept playing with it, even probably when he shouldn't have been and, and we didn't see the best of him at times. But he's had a really solid pre-season and, and is raring to go. And I think both the Menzel boys are in that same boat. Both Troy and Dan have... You know, for different reasons, Troy, we've really put it on Troy to have a big pre-season. He's had a really big pre-season. He's hardly missed a session. He's running really strong and he's forming the trials. have showed through that and, and the same with Dan. You know, Dan's had, obviously we know about um, the amount of knee reconstructions he's had, but put a really consistent pre-season. He came to us last year off a bad break in his foot, so he was limited with pre-season. And this year, he's been able to get the whole pre-season in, so... Um, which is good, along with a lot of young kids. But I think the exciting thing also is our better players can continue to get better and, and that'll push our footy club forward. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear. Um, mate, you, you touched on before about uh, getting Dylan Clark over from Essendon. Um, can you just give us a bit of uh, an insight of, of how that happened and uh, how we got him? We are quite lucky to get him so late after Jack and James both got picked up in uh, the pre-season draft. Yeah, well, I guess the one good thing about the SSP is it's it's pretty relevant in the in the newspapers and on AFL.com and that, so we're always keeping an eye on that as a footy club. And obviously, New Dylan didn't get the last list spot. He was training for a list spot with a couple of others, and, and he was previously on their list for five years. And then they um, they delisted him, but asked him to train on to try and win back that last spot, and it didn't end up happening for him. And I guess just reaching out from with Kobe March, talked to Kobe about him, and you know, Kobe said. What a great fella he is, and what a good fit he would be. Would you know? By then, James had signed with the Gold Coast, so you know we'd, we'd lost a really quality midfielder, obviously, and we felt that it would be a good fit. So you know, we we got him over and um, took him around the club and got to know the kid, and um, he came over with his partner as well, and they had a look around Adelaide. They're both from Melbourne, and um, yeah, and I think the club did a really good job in making him feel welcome and he went out with a few of the boys for dinner and after training and got to know a few people and 
Yeah, and he's just culturally just a really good fit. I, I know I know Xavier Campbell well, who's at Essendon, and I lived with X back back when I was playing at Sturt with him. And yeah, he he even sent me a text message saying, you know, he'll he'll drive your club on and off the field. And I've had multiple texts around dealing with that, and so I think he's just going to be great for our culture. And obviously, he can play the game as well, which is a really good pick up so late. And I guess when you lose Jack and James, like we talked about before, and they go. You know, end of February, early March, two players like that that were McGarry medalists and runner-up are quite hard to replace. But Clive's done a good job to get Dylan and, and hopefully um, he can help us on the field. She's like Dylan, another player, Connor Ballander. Um, he was chased by a few clubs, as was Dylan, but he ended up at the Eagles, which was fantastic. So what do you think uh, Connor will bring to our team and, and what's his assets? Um, he's a great kid as well. Like Connor's, I've probably gone really well with Connor from day one. I'm, you know, I've got other interests outside of footy, and and so does Connor. Like I don't think um, Connor's, he loves footy, Connor. You know, but he's not a real footy head, and and probably neither am I. So we got talking about other things outside of footy, and been connected quite well there. And I think, I think that's the important thing. You know, when you recruit these kids, is that you don't need to make it all about footy. You know, these kids that drop off. Um, or you know, get cut from AFL list. A lot of them, a lot of them haven't had the chance to um, find different education or or workplace because they're so invested in the footy club. And right, right then and right now, it's about playing AFL footy for them. So, you know, for us as a footy club, it's about finding what they're passionate in and how we can help them off the field as well. And if you get that right, then I think it's it's halfway to getting them playing good. Or it's it's all the way really to getting them playing good footy. Uh, on the field, especially when they come from in the state, but you know, I think Connor will just bring—he'll um, bring some real X factor into our forward line. Like he's 200 centimeters and he can catch the ball at the highest point. He's a beautiful kick. Um, he'll be able to help Redo out in the ruck. Um, I probably haven't seen a kid of his size kick the ball as well as he does. I mean, Redo's a beautiful kick, and they're probably a little bit different kick. But Connor's a real penetrating, short or long kick, and. Beautiful set shot for goal, so I think if we can get the ball in there with his height, you know, he can give us some good looks, either bringing the ball to ground or or clanking him in a in a pack situation and, and finish off for us. So, yeah, he's another good addition to our footy club. Uh, mate, we'll, we'll touch on a couple of our local recruits, obviously, and ones I think that are really going to make a strong impact for us. Uh, really excited to see a couple of them. Obviously, we get Jared Orman uh, to come back home after his stint at the uh, North Adelaide Roosters, and one that I think our supporters and uh, members will, will really fall in love with is Mitch Duvall, just the way he attacks the footy. Um, just give us a bit of a rundown on how their pre-season's been and how you see them fitting into the side. Yeah, both had really strong pre-seasons. Both run run really good times, and um, you know, Nazi's I think going on 31 now, and um, obviously we all know about his journey in footy. He's played over 200 SNFL games, and was a highly credentialed player for our club, and had gone away and, and come back and wanted to finish his footy with us. And you know, we obviously talked to him, and he was still highly motivated, and he brings great standards on the training track, and he's up the front running, and you know, all them all them things help with culture and. He's, he's had a really strong pre-season. He's, he's quite light at the moment. He's only about 75 kilos and he looks quite strong and fit and running over the grass. And you know, Not many can kick the ball like him in the SNFL, so he's a real line-breaker for us and, and can penetrate with his kick. And and then, yeah, Mitch Devows, um he's probably a bit like a Paddy Graffita in the fact that he's just really tough, 
Um, you know, he, he does one of our KPIs, a sacrificial axe, which is all the small things in the game, and he'll be right up there, you know, with that award at the end of the year. I think he just throws himself at everything, and um, he's a real good team player, and um, yeah, he's really good in the air, and he, he gives us the flexibility to be able to play on talls and smalls, and and can obviously be a real offensive weapon for us with his ability to drop off and mark in our back half as well and get us going the other way. So, yeah, I guess like every year, mate, we, we lose players and we try and do the best job that we can to fill some voids. But we've also got some, some good kids coming through. You know, we've got 18, under 18s that have come up this year and they're going to progress well. And, and then some kids that have played reserves last year that haven't got an opportunity that we think will play some league footy as well. Sheeds, thanks for coming on tonight, mate. You've given us a fantastic insight into some of the new players and I guess you know how you felt last year with the grand final and some of the new players and who we should be looking out for. Thanks for coming to the show, mate, and all the best for the season 2022. Anytime. Thanks for having me, boys. Cheers, mate. This Eagles Radio is all thanks to Incredible Smiles.